a minute it's been like a month what a month it's been i'm jeremy the impact york welcome in to the latest installment of strong style right here from impact media there's some kind of crane or something outside i don't know but there of course for anybody who is semi-new to the show welcome anybody who is returning to the show welcome back Shout out to all you guys who stick with me through all the craziness that has been the last three and a half weeks, but I couldn't keep going on without giving you guys a show. I am hoping to get the other one back on the rails later this week. Uh, happy early Thanksgiving for all of you guys who listen to this show and may not listen to the other one, or you may not hear the other show until after Thanksgiving either way, but uh, uh, just overall shout out to all you guys for the, uh, the, the great support. With, with, like I said, just all the, just, I, I don't even chalk it up to the year. It's just the weirdest chain of events that has happened. And it, it just happened in the last three and a half weeks. It all compounded in one. But as I always say, you keep your chin up. You band together with those around you that, that, that uh, support you. And you keep moving forward. So moving forward, here we are. Here we are. Got Sassy and Sunshine doing work in the board tonight. They are doing a fantastic job. Shout out to those two. And I'm just going to do it this way. I know we've missed a lot. And with the UFC and Bellator, I am going to go back a little bit. But with wrestling, I'm just going to start with last Monday and go on because there's way, way too much to go back and do. This would be like a three-hour show. And... Last time I checked Gilligan, we're not on island. So I'm going to avoid that. I'm going to avoid the uh, the three-hour tour that is my mind and the last month of wrestling. Um, I am going to start with fighting. Because for one, it's the freshest in my mind. And two, it just seemed like a good place to start. So what has happened, uh, the big things that have happened in the UFC between the last time we spoke and now? Well... Glad you asked. Let's go to let's see. Was that a fight night? I want to make sure I get that right. Yes, it was a UFC fight night where kind of the old guard faced in the main event faced what was considered the new, supposed to be the newer guard of of himself, and that was Spider Anderson Silva. Uh, took on. Uriah Hall, Uriah Hall from the time he debuted on The Ultimate Fighter, I believe, uh, was kind of touted. And now, granted, Anderson was on top at that point, but he was so unorthodox. The way he, you know, most people would throw a jab and then a hook or an uppercut, and instead he would throw uh, an, an overhand into an axe kick, into a spinning sidekick. 
just all kinds of craziness to kind of the way the spider would do. So these two finally locked horns. And uh, Uriah Hall actually got the TKO in round number four. Now, we're back in the Chuck Liddell debate as far as um, is Anderson done? Should Anderson hang it up? Um, I don't think he embarrassed himself. I don't think in any way. I mean, he went three and a half rounds with Uriah Hall. That Not many people can say that. Most people can barely go one or two. And, uh, you know, he went three and a half. Uh, is Anderson done? I don't think so. Is Anderson done in the UFC? Now, that is an interesting question. Because we know there is options. This is this is just like the WWE thing now. Because before it was, uh, well, if WWE didn't work, uh, there 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 used to be Lucha Underground you could go to. Uh, that's that's really not a thing anymore. Uh, New Japan is an option, but uh, it requires you to go to Japan. Maybe you don't want to have to move your whole family there or, or stay gone for that long. Um, Regal Bonner was an option. Anyway, right now, there's so many more options. There's AEW. There's Impact Wrestling. There's there's all those particular things, uh, all those other places. Well, that's kind of where fighting is, except for during this weird lockdown or during this weird year that is, this weird year. Um, it's pretty much, I mean, there's there's Bellator. If you, get, uh, you can go to Submission Underground. There are a lot of other places you can go. I mean, you got to look at uh, Paige Van Zandt. Recently went to Bare Knuckle Fighting. Uh, there are a lot of other things you can do. Um, but as far as Anderson Silva is concerned, uh, Submission Underground would be an interesting place for him if you wanted to get into that. Um, I honestly think if he is cut loose from the UFC or given uh, given a release if he would like one, then I think he would go to Bellator, probably fight a couple more times. He may sign a two or three fight deal and, and uh, be done with it at that point. Um, or I mean, he can hang it up. There, there's a lot of options for the spider. I do think Dana was a little pretty sincere when he said he he thinks we may have seen the last of him in the UFC arena, and he knows, and, and he gets it. If you, you know, Chuck did it, um, Chael went other places. Uh, the Huntington Beach bad boy, Tito Ortiz went other places. Uh, I think Randy fought another place. You know, it is what it is. Because um, Anderson looked looked good. He didn't look the old Anderson, but I mean, he's he's I'm pretty sure he's in his forties, and he's thirty four and ten. That's forty four professional fights. That's a lot. Uh, what could happen? I don't know. I, I think Uriah Hall has uh, put himself in the middleweight contention. I mean, he did be the number fifteen. He, he was number ten at the time. Rankings are just suggestions. You pretty much have to be a Top eight, top ten to even remotely, even remotely get a, a sniff a lot of times. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But uh, Uriah Hall's win was really, really big. Uh, Greg Hardy continues to win round two TKO over Maurice Green. Maurice Green is no slouch. I've seen him do some fantastic things as well. Uh, Kevin Holland got the submission win over Charlie Ontiveros. And uh, Bryce Mitchell with the unanimous decision over Andre uh, Feely. Those were the big ones. Let's move real quickly to Fight Night Santos versus Teixeira, which was uh, just about a week later, I believe. Thiago Santos against Glover Teixeira. 
a lot of people thought Glover was going to be the feeder, not really feeder mouse, but the feeder warm-up for Santos so that they could push him a little bigger into the light heavyweight contention because Santos at the time was the number one contender. Well, you can't count out the old dog. And the old dog, Glover Teixeira, who has a fantastic story, if you ever want to dig into how he got from the from uh, just a handful of years ago till now, it is fantastic. But Glover wins that. And that it didn't really shake up the light heavyweight division. But at the same time, it, it did some big things. It, it now, to me, puts Glover somewhere in contention to where you got to consider him pretty soon because, for one, he's, he's not getting any younger. So let's see what they do with that. And the other big thing from that card was uh, the, the co-main event, Andre Arlovsky. It was good to see that guy back. He got the unanimous decision, the three-round win over Tanner Bozer. He just constantly backed Tanner into the corner. Continued to lay in shots and continue. I mean, at one point I thought it could be stopped, but Tanner put up a good fight. It was just, it was Arlovsky's time. And it's good to see him back. I was a big fan of his back in the day. Uh, just, you know, good overall to see some of your favorites back and, and some of the um, some of the better fighters starting to make another run up. It's It, it shakes up things, but, you know, is what it is. That brought up. RDA, Rafael, or Rafael, what is it, Rafael Dos Anjos, who took on Paul Felder. Now, at this point, you guys have heard a million times, but let me just say my piece on it. Paul Felder takes this fight on about a four or five day notice. Paul Felder has been doing commentary since February, February or March. Um, the original opponent had to back out because I believe of an injury. And uh, Dos Anjos said, hey, find me an opponent. So they kind of, I guess, get answered around, and Paul Felder goes, I'll take it. Dana goes to Dos Anjos, and Dos Anjos goes, let's do it. These two put on a clinic. Now, it was a split decision win for Dos Anjos. I appreciate that somebody gave Paul the benefit of the doubt and said that he actually, you know, uh, uh, one, won this fight according to one of them, one of the judges, but um, I got disagreed just a little. I, I think Dos Anjos should have won. He probably won at least three of, I think he won three of the five rounds. It was pretty close, but it should have been unanimous decision, 48-47 uh, Dos Anjos there. But Paul Felder, who had practically was doing commentary. He was training for a triathlon, which helped him here. Uh, he just, he had pretty much stepped away. It's almost like he had, had kind of retired. And then when all this goes down and all this happens, he kind of lets it be known to Dana and the world. I, I think this is a motivation that I need to, to jump back in. So I think he's back in. I look forward to seeing what they can come up with for him. Uh, but overall, for what he did, what he came from, he he was he was doing this for his dad. And it, I mean, just it was a great story, and uh, it it 
it's one of the rare times when you can have two good guys face each other and nobody loses. Dos Anjos gets the actual decision. Paul Felder gains the respect and support of practically everybody in the world. I mean, he did. That's exactly what he did. Uh, let's see a couple big, th- a couple things that happened in on this card here. Uh, Ashley Yoder gets up a bit, gets a big unanimous decision win over Miranda Granger. Uh, Sean Strickland, who people like to count out a lot of times, I'm not sure why he gets the KO victory. Minute and a half in round number two over Brendan Allen, who is no slouch. Uh, Corey McKenna. And Kay Hansen. It went unanimous decision to Corey McKenna. Both of these girls are like 21 years old. And they have gotten superstar. Not just star. They have gotten superstar written all over both of them. I want to see what they do going forward. But these two girls threw down for three rounds. And it. If Felder Dos Anjos is not your main event. Then Hansen McKenna would have stole the show. It was, uh, for all you wrestling fans, think WrestleMania 3. This was this was Steamboat versus Savage. This was, you tuned in to see, you tuned in to see Andre versus Hogan, but you couldn't take your eyes off McKenna Hansen because it was so good. So by the book. It was just two girls who were going to put it all out there, and regardless of what happened, were not going to hang their head in the end, and they did not. I think that was that was majority of that particular one there. Um, we had UFC 255, which just happened. Leave over the weekend. No, this yeah, it was over the weekend. Uh, let's see. There was a couple fights I wanted to tell you guys about. Where is uh, Brandon Moreno? His KO victory one second before the end of round number one on Brandon Royval, Royval, however you say it, was bizarre. Now, Moreno was controlling a lot of the fight. It was probably 60-40, but uh, Brandon Royval was was in in the process of kind of mounting a comeback towards the end of round number one. It looked like he was going to make it, and then with about 15 seconds to go, it's like he was a, a one-armed fighter on the ground, kind of flopping like a fish a little bit. Marino was just laying in and laying in and laying in. And uh, so the referee stops. It ends up being one second left on the clock. So Marino gets the win. No excuses, no nothing there. We see Royville kind of holding his arm, holding his arm, and you kind of think, okay, is that, that that's, either, that's either a shoulder or it could be a uh, – an elbow, or it could be, he was just really not moving it a bunch, and um, they didn't show it, luckily, but at one point, his coach come over and helped him pop his shoulder back into play, so his shoulder had came out, and that pretty much made him, well, a one-armed fighter, but big win for Moreno, going forward, uh, Joaquin Buckley, who arguably had the most famous kick, probably knockout of the year, just a handful of weeks ago. He takes on Jordan Wright. What does Jordan Wright want to do? He wants to show this guy the flash in the pan. What does Buckley want to do? Show you he's more than a one-trick pony. 
what ended up happening, 18 seconds into round number two, Joaquin Buckley almost tries to one-up his other kick and knocks Jordan Wright out. He uh, he, kind of had him on the ropes in the first round the second time through in the second round. He he caught him with a few more, and and it was uh, lights out for Jordan. But uh, Joaquin Buckley, man, you're going to have to watch that guy because he – He's doing it short, he's doing it flashy, and he's, he's doing it consistent. Uh, let's see. Oh, got to talk about Anton- Antonina Shevchenko. Working on that. I hope I said that right. Antoni- Antonina took on Ariane Lipsky, and she gets TKO four and a half minutes in round number two. This is not only big because Ant- Antonina is a great fighter, Antonita is the older sister of what should have been the main event, in my opinion. That's fine. There was the co-main event, which as I move to the main side there, Valentina Shevchenko gets a unanimous decision. And after five rounds, I'm going toe-to-toe with Jennifer Maya. Jennifer Maya, who they tried to build up a couple uh, a couple months ago to be the next big contender. And, and she's right there. I'm not saying Maya's a bad fighter at all, but... She didn't beat Shevchenko. Shevchenko keeps her belt, moves forward. The Shevchenko sisters uh, became the first sister to ever fight on the same card on the same night. That That's something unto itself. And before we get into the main event, That moves me on. Like I said, before we get to the main event, that moves me to action. Mike Perry. I don't. I can't remember what his actual. What his actual. Um, nickname is. I'm sure it's action. Mike Perry. Uh, but he took on Tim Means. Tim Means steps in when Mike Perry's original opponent can't make it. Um, good on Tim Means. He gets a unanimous decision win there. Uh, it makes Mike Perry kind of reevaluate. Re- reevaluate some things. I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, I can't remember if he has a fight left on his contract or not. I know he just recently changed teams. Some people think that Mike Perry could be fighting in Bellator or somewhere else in the near future. Um, he's a huge draw because he's such a character and uh, just great personality as far as is he's a must-see because of what he does in and out of the octagon. We'll see what he ends up doing. Um, like I said, I'm, I, I'm behind Mike Perry. I think he's fantastic. But uh, we will see where his head's at, what he wants, whether he wants to regroup and move elsewhere, if he wants to stay in the UFC and, and try to finish some things or uh, get back on track after uh, uh, losing to Tim Means. Now that left us to the main event where Devison Figueredo, or Figgy, as pretty much Arrow of Hawani is the only person who was calling him that, takes on Alex Perez. Alex Perez, no slouch. Well, a minute 57 into the first round, we get a submission victory from Figueredo, who is pretty much, he's pretty much putting that division on notice. If you want this belt, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to pry it from my cold hands. So flyweight division, look out. 
if you got to go through Devis and Figueredo, it's going to be a long night. Perez, he tried his best. He he just uh, he tried to get Figueredo to roll, uh, I think, away from him, and he was trying to lock in his own uh, submission. And in the process, Figueredo rolled to it, rolled into him, and got the big win. Now, fight night's coming up this weekend. If you have, I believe, ESPN Plus, you should be able to see it. Let me see what some of the it's got some bigger, got some decent, not decent. They're all good fights. Let me see if there's um, the ones that I think uh, you know. The main event is for the, in the the number two versus number four heavyweight contenders. As Curtis Blades is going to take on Derek Lewis, this could be really good. Um, my guess is that Curtis Blades is going to do is try to out wrestle him like he's been doing the last handful of fights, but. Derek Lewis is not one you can just kind of roll around with. He uh, He's going to throw some stiff shots. Let's see. What was the other one? There was another one. I think it was Josh uh, Parisian versus Parker Porter. That is going to be a slobber knocker if there ever was one. Uh, it, it's going to be a solid fight night, and uh, I'll be tuning in. Hopefully, you guys tune it in. Um, depending on depending on where I'm watching, I may live tweet. We'll see. We'll we'll get into that. But um, that pretty much catches up you catches you up with everything going on in UFC. Let me go through the big things. I'm going to go Bellator 252 first. Where, where is it? Uh, you know, there's a, a mini tournament at the moment in the um, flyweight division. Uh, kind of a little four-man tournament. Uh, Bellator 252 last week, or two weeks ago, rather. You had the champion in the division, Patricio Pitbull, versus uh, really the number four in Pedro Carvalho. Well, uh, that one went uh, just a handful of minutes into the first round, and Patricio Pitbull had his hand in victory very quickly. It is not the Pedro Carvalho it is a slouch of any kind. It is that Patricio Pitbull wants everybody to remember he's the champ for a reason. Well, so that brings us to Bellator 253. Let's go ahead and start with the main event. We have the number two and number three, basically, in A.J. McKee and Darian Caldwell in the flyweight Grand Prix, as they are calling it, semifinal. Well, how about very, very similar to that? A.J. McKee has Darian Caldwell out in a matter of minutes. So we're going to get A.J. McKee versus Patricio Pitbull. Hold on to your hats, ladies and gentlemen. These two are going to throw down like two teenagers with a handful of Roman candles. It is going to be a laser light show. And uh, it kind of a, a can't miss. Uh, and I got a shout out too, to Jason Jackson for the uh, getting the decision win over Benson Henderson. A lot of UFC guys remember Benson Henderson. And, uh, you know, he's, he's solid, he's good, it, but uh, he, he's had kind of a weird, rough go of it over at Bellator. So 
we will see what he uh, kind of gets around to and that kind of thing and all. But uh, also want to give uh, th- these are two these are things I want to I want to highlight. And uh, if you know my connection, especially to this show and kind of my background, you may see where I'm going with one of these. Um, shout out to Jake Hager, who a handful of weeks ago picked up his third victory in Bellator. I think he's six and zero overall. He's three and zero in Bellator. Uh, in the heavyweight division, there uh, there are a lot of new names. There's a couple there's a couple veterans, but uh, as Hager continues to pile up, if he gets probably two more wins, I think you got to start considering him into contention. I don't know necessarily title shot, but he's got he's going in and he's dominating, and then he's turned around and wrestling every, uh, uh, the following weeks on AEW. So uh, shout out to him on that. Uh, I look forward to seeing who they may uh, try to find. An opponent for him pretty soon. Not sure if you want to go, you know, uh, Moldovsky or, or one of those guys yet. Uh, maybe Saeed Soma. You know, we'll see. We'll see what they end up doing with that. And then another guy I wanted to give a shout out to because he is doing some fantastic things. And, uh, well, I get a lot of credit. Oops, I found. There he is, Austin Vanderford, who is 10-0, 10-0 in Bellator. I don't think he's got a ranking. He's got three TKOs. He's got three submissions and four decisions. How in the world is the Portland, Oregon native not in the in, in the, a tighter contest than that, you know? It seems like to me he should be. So shout out to Austin Vanderford and Jake Hager. You guys keep being you and keep grinding up the charts like that, and I look for big things from both of you. Love to have you, either one of you on the show. But that's always my thing. Uh, let's go to wrestling, right? If you lasted 26 minutes of me talking about fighting, congratulations, because you probably tuned in for the wrestling. So let's start there. Uh, last Monday on Raw, let's see, um, there's not a whole lot you really need to know about, because they were gearing up for Survivor Series, which happened over the weekend, and, uh, I will get into that very, very shortly. But, uh, the Firefly Fun, the Firefly Fun Houses are starting to be a little more fun again. They, uh, there for a while were kind of going one direction. Now they're, now they're kind of going a couple. So that, that's kind of good. Um, I am very much becoming a fan of the Hurt Business, even when they are taking out people that I like better than them. But the Hurt Business, uh, Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander took on the New Day. It seems like a thing they're going to start pushing here soon. I, I have no problem with that being the nucleus for your your tag division on Raw. Um, New Day, of course, ends up with the victory there. They needed that to carry the momentum into Survivor Series, where they took on the SmackDown champions, who could be kind of the up-and-coming New Day a little bit. And, um, gosh, I forgot.
Um, let's see, let's see, let's see where I'm gonna find it on here. Uh, I keep thinking of the AEW equivalent, and that's not who I'm trying to think of. Street Profits. There we go. Street Profits. I kept thinking of Private Party. Not two different teams. Two teams. Similar teams. Um, but, of course, the New Day gets the victory over them. And uh, in, from what I heard, they kind of whipped up on them a little bit. Didn't, didn't, didn't make them seem bad or lesser. Just kind of wearing them, in, wearing them into... You want to be on our level, you're going to have to kind of pay some dues. But uh, New Day with the win on this one. Then you had Team Raw, uh, which, eh, whatever, versus Retribution. Mustafa ends up getting the win for Retribution. I like him in charge. This is different. Instead of it being a super established guy, you kind of get a guy that we had kind of forgot was in the company because he was coming off the IR. He was coming off an injury or whatever he had, and he just and he's the unmasked ver, uh, version or the unmasked person in Retribution. And I very much like where they're going. I usually am not big for factions that just come out, come in and start just terrorizing things and, and destroying things, but Retribution has a little bit of momentum and some wheels on it. So if they can get moving, moving forward then it it could definitely be a good thing. Uh, let's see, what else was there? Uh, you had Miz versus Bray, which should have been a fantastic match. It should have actually been maybe a pay-per-view because those two are on top of their game right now. Uh, Bray gets the win, of course. Uh, Miz is going to start turning into a face again. I don't know if you guys realize this. He kind of goes the popular route because everybody loves the Miz and Mizra's show. So every time the new season comes out, he's going to kind of going to kind of be more to the other side. So, you know, look for him to do a few more face things. And then McIntyre, this uh, it's got to be more to this, but McIntyre beats Randy Orton and takes the world title, the WWE Championship going into Survivor Series so that him and Roman Reigns can face each other. The argument that I heard was that they wanted good guy McIntyre against bad guy Reigns, and having bad guy Orton versus bad guy Reigns just uh, didn't seem like it was going to fit the bill. Well, it would if they had beat the holy hell out of each other. But instead, McIntyre goes in to Survivor Series, and Roman Reigns beats him, as he should. I like Drew. I'm tired of Drew as a champion, and so is a lot of other people. Good for him that uh, he's still doing that. He's still on top and, and uh, you know, stuff like that. But, um, yeah, give Orton the title back or Bray Wyatt or whoever's going to get it. Um, let Roman keep being Roman. I have no problems with that. What Roman's doing right now with and without Heyman, he's starting to get it. He's starting to turn that corner to go from, like borderline top of the middle card up into the the big limelight, he's right there on it, right there on that edge. Let's go to Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling last week it was a 
It was a rematch from their previous pay-per-view where Moose took on Willie Mack. Um, Moose is one of the biggest disappointments in wrestling to me. He turned down WWE's offer to go to Impact Wrestling. Okay. Uh, Less travel, a little bit more creative control, that kind of thing. And then they haven't really done a whole lot with him. Like, even the storyline they have now, they they had him and EC3 have this thing, and then I think EC3 left the company again. But, uh, none personal, but Willie Mack could beat the crap out of Moose on any given day, any given time, any any certain, they could fight on the moon, and Willie Mack's going to win. Moose has stepped up his game a little. I will give him that. He stepped it up a little. Uh, especially when going against EC3 and Willie Mack. That has kind of rounded out a couple that just Moose, you, you got a little ways to go, bud. Um, I would love to see you as a title contender. It, it would be a, a breath of fresh air and something you've potentially earned. You're just not showing it yet. Uh, we had a little small X Division match. It didn't matter because Eric Young and Joe Doring, who we're told comes from all Japan pro wrestling, he's not Japanese at all. He's a big Stan Hansen-like bruiser guy. He kind of looks like Dexter Loomis if Dexter Loomis lifted more than he does, which is almost unheard of. But uh, they come out and they wreak havoc and all that. Um, it's an interesting pair, EY and, and Joe Doring. I, I don't know where they're going to go with it. It's kind of like... Uh, it gives a whole new dimension to Eric Young, though, and um, it, it's probably how he's going to eventually get back on top, which I think will be sooner rather than later. Brian Myers took on Crazy Steve. This was a, a wrestling clinic. Uh, Myers ends up, I believe, getting the victory. Um, both of these guys can work, and when I say work, they put on a show without – Always doing the high-flying, super crazy stuff that a lot of people like. They literally just wrestled and and did their thing. And that's what I like about both those guys. Uh, both their gimmicks right now are fine. And uh, I think at some point, Brian Myers is going to get a little bit of a boost. Uh, crazy Steve is just one of those guys. Uh, he's, he's a big-time mechanic. And mechanics, you put in the ring with other people to make them look better. Not enhancement talent. They're not jobbers. But they're there to make themselves look good, to make the other guy look good, and to make, to really explain why certain people are given pushes uh, at certain times. Uh, you had Havoc and Nevaeh, who took on Alicia and Tennille Dashwood in the tag tournament. This is pretty uneventful as Alicia and Alicia Edwards and Tennille Dashwood, uh, to say they were on the same page is kind of like saying, um, Babe Ruth and CM Punk are at the same cookout. Or better yet, Triple H and CM Punk are at the same cookout. Yeah, it ain't happening. Uh, Havoc and Nevaeh would win, of course, as I said. They move on to the tournament. It was the first the first match from the eight-team knockout tag tournament. I'm kind of glad they're bringing those back. That way we won't get the same tag team matches in the same, like, eight knockout person or girl match it's uh you can actually you can do a few other things with it and which which would be nice um 
Falaba took on Hernandez. Uh, Hernandez is, is still pretty good. Still kind of plays the Joe Cool thing. Falaba, my goodness. He he reminds me of a, a, a slightly smaller Yokozuna. The way he moves, the way the way he does things, he, he's fantastic. He's still the comic relief guy, but uh, I think if he ever took something serious, he him and Willie Mack are two guys that it, if they end up on top one day, doesn't, doesn't surprise me at all. And then the Rascals are uh, apparently leaving Impact Wrestling in their farewell match. Or they had they had a, uh, a farewell with with uh, Rich Swan. Uh, it was interrupted by Sammy Callahan and Ken Shamrock. And it was it was an okay match anyway. So uh, the Rascals are probably gone. A lot of people think immediately, oh, that means they're going to WWE. Oh, more than likely they'd end up in NXT. But it is crowded down there right now because you got to think. A lot of people say, well, the same twenty people are on. NXT every week. Yeah. And there's another 30 or 35 that you're not seeing every week that are down there either training or big talents. So, you know, kind of is what it is. Uh, Let's go. Let's just go on down the list. Let's go AEW. The Young Bucks took on a team that they semi-discovered when this team kind of put a tweet out one day kind of saying that they hoped they could have uh, a similar rise to the Young Bucks, and they kind of started similarly. Uh, Top Flight is their name, and they're brothers, just like the Young Bucks. They uh, kind of come from the middle of nowhere, like the Young Bucks. Kind of, you know, taught a little bit, but uh, the Martin brothers are, and no, not the Wildcrats. These Martin brothers, they're not bad. They're not bad at all. Uh, are they kind of a, a new, uh, like a uh, the next Young Bucks? I ain't saying the next anything. Are they like a a current version of, of the old Young Bucks? Yeah, I, I could see that. And the fact that they were given, a, a, I believe, a title shot, but got to face them on AEW, it was also the opening match. That's a boost in, in, a, in a kudos. Because up until then, they had been, I think they had done a few dark matches for AEW. But beyond that, uh, this this was kind of a, a showcase for them, and they they did spectacular. Uh, the inner circle was in Vegas, kind of christening in Wardlow and MJF. Hijinks ensued. A lot of alcohol was consumed, uh, and there's a couple other parts later. We'll get into those. Kip Sabian took on Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy with the win with that one. Kip Sabian, though, he's, he's another guy that... Uh, he he kind of gets thrown in as a feeder mouse sometimes, but the guy not only keeps up with Orange Cassidy, he at times was surpassing him as good as Cassidy is. And that's no knock on Cassidy. It's just Kip Sabian was showing out a little bit, and it was nice to see. Uh, Omega and Moxley had their contract signing. I believe they're going to fight early December, I remember. They're going to wrestle at uh, the next AEW pay-per-view. Part two of the Inner Circle in Las Vegas. It included a penthouse suite. Uh, I don't know if you can call him Hornswoggle or Swoggle. It was weird because he's been on Impact Wrestling recently. And all of a sudden, now he's at AEW. But he kind of makes an appearance. There was a chicken. There was a bunch of other stuff. Uh, I don't know. It's the hijinks that involved Jericho and MJF. And uh, it's kind of funny. Then you had the returning Pac. 
That guy, man, he, he, if he's not one of your favorites, uh, I don't know what you're watching. But he took on the Blade with uh, uh, Eddie Kingston out there at ringside as well. Pac ends up with a victory. They kind of attack him a little bit, to which Eddie Kingston, the Butcher and the Blade, kind of uh, square off with Pac, Ray Phoenix, and uh, whatever Pentagon is calling himself now. But this is back before the, the back before the virus shutdown. They were going to put Pac, Ray Phoenix, and Pentagon Jr. together as a as a uh, triad team, and it kind of got nixed before it could really get started. I think they, they pushed it for one week, but never really got anything established uh, because Pac got basically kind of locked down in, in England where he lives. He went back to the United Kingdom after the lockdown, and then because of a lot of shutdowns and, and a lot of border closures, uh, he kind of has been stuck there up until a couple weeks ago. And there's still there's still a couple little things here and there whether whether he's going to try to you know stay over here for a little bit so he can do some AEW bookings, or if he's going to go back over there and then he's got to quarantine and then unquarantine and come back and. All this, all this stuff there. It'll, it'll be interesting to see what they do there. But Pac, man, if uh, if, if you want to see a, just a just a guy who is going to bruise you and and just outmaneuver you, that's the guy to watch. Of course, we had NWA Women's Title on the line as Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb went at it again. Serena ends up with the victory, but anytime these two girls get together, it. It almost steals the show. It was real close. Thunder Rosa continues trying to get the NWA title back. I like the fact that there is a TN or not TNA that there is a NWA title being defended on AEW, and there is an AEW Women's that Sheeta has as well. It also gives them options because you can have any kind of combinations of them. You, you know, it's up to the NWA if, if things can be defended as far as their own titles, but it gives you more options. So let's say one week Sheeta gets held up somewhere, you can kind of feature this side of things. Or if Thunder Rosa has another booking or can't get into town or Serena or, or somebody has an injury, well, then you can push more of Sheeta and, and the rest of the division over here. It's, it's really a good thing. And I really like it. Uh, let's see. We had... Brian Cage and Ricky Starks versus Cody and Darby Allen in the main event. Cage ends up with the win over Cody. I'm not for certain on that, but I mean, these four, look, Ricky Starks, you may not know, have a clue who he is. That's your fault. Brian Cage, you may or may not know. I knew him from Lucha Underground. And then Impact Wrestling for a while, and now he's an AEW, and, and he's kind of like Lance Archer. He's one of those guys that may uh, not be in the limelight, not be in the limelight, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he's the number one contender and in a big match, and he's going to shine. He's a guy that can carry a main event when you need it, and he's a guy who, if he wins a big match or wins a big title, you're like, well, that, that sounds about right. Although I haven't seen Lance Archer do a whole lot in a couple weeks, I'm kind of hoping he uh, he really shines up. I'm going to give him a big shout-out this week as well. That moves me to NXT. There we go. I flipped through my handy-dandy notebook here. 
NXT. Uh, okay, last week, I got to set this up. Last week, Johnny Gargano, who I'm becoming a bigger and bigger fan of every time I watch him. He gets out here with this weighted wheel that has people's names on it. And he says, whoever the wheel lands on, which he had predetermined by making sure that it would land a certain place. Uh, whoever this lands on, I'm going to defend the North American Championship against what lands on Leon Ruff. Who is Leon Ruff? Great question. Wish I had a better answer than this for you. Leon Ruff is one of the up-and-coming guys from NXT, who's kind of usually a guy in the back, probably a guy that's usually in the crowd when they do these sorts of things. But Leon Ruff is given the opportunity to take on John Gargano for a title shot. Hey, good resume builder to go, hey, you know what? Took on Johnny Gargano for the North American title. It was a pretty good match. And it was a pretty good match. Except for one thing. Johnny's going to be Johnny. And Johnny got super cocky. And Leon Ruff actually won. Which Damian Priest has been laughing at Gargano ever since. About how embarrassing is that. When the problem, he's, he's uh, ticked off Leon Ruff. Who has said, you both laugh at me. But last time I checked, I'm the champ. It's true. It's going to set up a triple threat of some kind. I honestly wouldn't care if Leon Ruff kept it. Why not? Why not the unlikely hero? The You know, it's like Eric Young winning the exhibition title years ago when he was scared of his own shadow. Look what it did. It propelled him into eventually getting super serious, stopping all the hijinks, and becoming one of the best technically sound wrestlers on the planet. So uh, Gargano ends up winning by DQ in the rematch. Because Damian Priest said, sorry, kid, and uh, decked Leon Ruff, which, like I said, that led to the backstage stuff and all that. But uh, Leon Ruff's still your champ. It's going to lead to that triple threat. That'd be fun to watch. Maybe it'll be at the next takeover or whatever they want to call it. Uh, Cameron Grimes and Dexter Loomis were in a blindfold match. Where at some point, Cameron Grimes was trying to take his blindfold off. And put it back on. It didn't seem to matter. Loomis seemed to know where he was at all the time. And uh, uh, at one point, Cameron Grimes took out the referee, pummeling him, thinking he was Dexter Loomis. Turns out he was very, very wrong. Kind of threw that match out. But uh, Loomis and him kind of went back and forth all around the area to where finally Grimes ended up jumping the outside barrier and taking off. So we will see where that goes in the near future. There we go. The next one they're going to have is December 6th. That is War Games, where everybody is starting to pair off. Uh, I believe it's going to be a women's and a men's. You kind of get four or five on one side, four or five on the other. The men's, I think, is going to be fantastic. The women's, I'm interested to see how it kind of shakes out. They haven't really finalized either one, but I think I know where they're going with both. Uh, you had Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell, who has been the, the uh, person in the screen mask that has been helping her recently. Uh, they took on Casey Conazaro and Caden Carter. I think it should be Casey squared. It's just what I'm saying. Uh, but they end, Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell end up with the win in this one. Uh, Canizaro and, and Carter, though, man, I like the team, and I wish they would push them a little more than they do right now. They're just feeder for everybody else, but they're, they're a pretty good team, and they're good wrestlers. Um, Arturo Ruas took on Kushida. Trying to push Kashida a little bit more right now. But uh, Ruas, very, very good in his own right. Um, I believe he was one of the guys from Shane McMahon's Raw Underground that fought a little bit. He's got some MMA background. 
Uh, he, he's a pretty stout dude, pretty uh, pretty pretty good badass when he wants to be. But uh, they end up getting Kushida with the victory here. Kushida, hey, Kushida's a badass too. Kushida, no joke. If you uh, if you tried to go after him, I wouldn't recommend this. If you tried to go after him on the street, Kushida's going to have your your arm bent behind your body in a way that you didn't know either could do. But uh, Kushida wins that one. We get Dakota Kai or Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. They take on Ember Moon and Tony Storm, the returning Tony Storm. She's been back for a couple weeks now. Ember Moon has been back. I think she's doing this till we get she gets some of the rust off, gets some momentum going again. And uh, I think eventually Ember Moon's going to pop back up on Raw or SmackDown or pop pop on. Because I, I honestly have them all on about the same wavelength right now. But uh, Tony Storm actually gets the win on this one over Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, who have not done a whole lot recently. Kind of waiting to see what they're going to do, if they're going to move one or both to one of the other shows or a title run or something. It just seems like they're kind of in that weird gray area right now. Uh, Pat McAfee and crew arrive. We'll get into that in a minute. Timothy Thatcher took on August Gray, who is one of the guys who uh, was at Thatcher's little academy where they show him pretty much torturing people in, in moves and holds. Uh, of course, Thatcher wins. He is uh, trying to really hurt August Gray when Tommaso Ciampa decides to put his nose in the middle of Thatcher's business and uh, says, you want to fight somebody, I'll fight. I look forward to that. Uh, once again, I'm a big Tommaso Ciampa fan. That's just cool. And he is like a, uh, he's kind of like a William Regal to a point, even though Regal wasn't as big on the strikes. But Ciampa against Thatcher is probably going to be a War Games match, and that I think that's a must-watch. Uh, I told you about Priest, Gargano, Leon, rough stuff in the back. And then, of course, our main event, Io Shirai took on Rhea Ripley. Looks like Ripley's going to end up on Raw or SmackDown. It kind of looked like a farewell. Uh, she loses to Shirai, who keeps the belt. They kind of do this a um, little bit of tear up, pat you on the back, hug, and then they walk off. And then Finn Balor comes out. And Finn Balor says, uh, yeah, I've been gone for a while, but I'm back. I'm still the champ, and you still got to come through me. To which Pat McAfee and Pete Dunne and Oni Lorcan and, gosh, I forgot the other guy's name. Anyway, they all come out, and they say, uh, Finn, basically, basically, Finn, glad you're back, bud, but you're in our way, and you need to just surrender that title to us, or four-on-one, we're going to come in there. Finn says, uh, yeah, I said I'm back, but I didn't come alone, to which... Uh, what is it? Attitude Era come out, which is Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole, Pepe, and who am I missing? And Roderick Strong. They come out, and we get a solid four-on-four beatdown to where even Adam Cole kicked the monkey crap, kicked the dog crap. Kicked the steaming pile of crap out of Pat McAfee's face. It was a heck of a shot. And I think it was some sort of payback for something before. But 
that looks like that's going to be the War Games. I don't know why Pat would sign up for that. War Games changes you. Those kinds of matches change you. Uh, but uh, that would be my guess. You're going to get, uh, you're going to get, uh, is it Attitude? I forgot what you call it. But uh, you're going to get those four led by Cole against those four led by Pat McAfee. And I believe that's going to be the men's War Games. Now that moves us to SmackDown. Uh, Street Profits and Big E. Big E keeps kind of hinting towards, uh, you guys think you're big dogs and you're, uh, you're you're not on the New Day level yet. I think they're having to waste a lot of time so they can put Big E into the program they want him to be in so they can potentially start boosting him up. But they're waiting on people to come available. Kind of got to iron out some other issues before you get there. Uh, and then you kind of get a uh, New Day, Sami Zayn, Corbin, Rude, and Dolph thing going on, where all of them are, are kind of involved, and then uh, which leads to the Street Profits and the New Day taking on Dolph, Robert Rude, Sami Zayn, and King Corbin all in a four-on-four match. The Street Profits end up with the victory on that one. That kind of gave them some momentum going into the pay-per-view, which we'll get into in a second. Uh, Daniel Bryan comes out, and uh, he he really is. He's not only on the writing staff now for the Smack for SmackDown, the booking committee. He's gonna be in the ring, and he's gonna help put the right people over, so that other wrestlers don't get passed over when they deserve a chance. And that's that's just the overall what he's doing now, which is nice. Uh, Tamina took on Natalia. With uh, Bel Air and Bailey at ringside, uh, Natalia ends up getting the victory, which was nice because there for a while it seems like all she was doing was putting people over. Um, Murphy took on Seth. Of course, the Mysterio family was down there. Uh, Murphy gets the win over Seth Rollins, which Seth is at a point right now. He's not going for anything big. He's, he needs to iron out this issue so he can move on. But uh, for Seth to help Murphy out like this, this is a huge victory. I hear Murphy's going to get his first name back pretty soon, which is Buddy, I believe. I think they call him Buddy Murphy, and they're going to start calling him that soon. It would be nice if him and Aaliyah Mysterio kind of did their own thing and got away from the other Mysterios. I'm very much behind that. I think that would be something good, something fresh. Uh, Sasha... Ashka and Carmella kind of get into it. Carmella seems like she's going to be the next big contender uh, to take on Sasha. Okay. At least it's not Bailey. It's not the same match over and over and over again for like six months. Even though I, I'm still not a Sasha fan and I'm a big Bailey fan. But uh, I, I get Bailey can't have it forever. And she did have it for a long time. I get it. You know, throwing in some, some new blood there. That's, that's totally cool. Don't have a problem there. But uh, let's see, uh, Jay took on Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan wins, and then Jay proceeds to beat the crap out of him, and that was your main event. But they're trying to push that Jay and Jimmy, once he comes back, with they are good solo guys as well as a great tag team, which they are. And I'm glad that they're, they're pushing those sorts of things like that. Um, before I get into... Let's see what do we got. Ring of Honor is all I got left. I'm going to finish the Ring of Honor. Let's go into Survivor Series. 
Survivor Series. You had Team Raw, which is AJ Styles, Matt Riddle, Keith Lee, Braun Strowman, and Sheamus, who took on Team SmackDown, Jey Uso, Kevin Owens, King Corbin, Seth Rollins, and Otis. Um, as far as strength of those teams, Team Raw should win. And it was elimination style, and I will tell you right now, pretty sure Team Raw did win. Let's see. Yeah, they actually swept. They took out all of them, all of Team SmackDown, which got Jay yelled at by Roman later on, but that is what it is. Told you the New Day and the Street Profits went at it. And uh, actually, I was wrong. Even though the New Day beat the holy hell out of them, they lost to the Street Profits, which... Who could actually use the boost? Uh, Sami Zayn took on Bobby Lashley. Sami Zayn, one of, one of the best independent-style wrestlers in the world. And uh, Bobby Lashley, whether he he can't fight when he's in WWE, but when he was fighting MMA, he's a beast. And uh, I, I like that they're pushing him a little bit. He's another guy like Big E that if suddenly he's in a big title picture, that makes sense. It makes total sense to me. The fact that he's a U.S. champ right now, I'm fine with that. If you told me he's going to take on Drew McIntyre as the next contender for the world title, let's do it. Sign me up. I want to see it. And, uh, of course, Lashley wins that as he should because that means Sammy can continue to run his mouth and complain, which is something he's really good at besides wrestling. Uh, Oshka, Sacha Banks, go at it. And uh, they give Sasha the win. Okay. They brought back the gobbledygooker. If you don't know what that is, please look it up. Because it is... Uh, it, it, it really just had a lot to do with R-Truth and uh, Akira Tozawa and the 24-7 title. So um, I'm not going to waste a lot of time. In the women's side of things, Team Raw, which is Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler... Peyton Royce, Lacey Evans, and Lana take on Team SmackDown of Bailey, Liv Morgan, Ruby Riot, Natalia, and Bianca Belair. I'll tell you right now, the lone survivor. Because they wouldn't tag her in, and she was the only one still. She was still standing on the stairs, actually, on the apron. Uh, when everybody else got counted out, the remaining people got counted out, uh, Lana. So Lana. With the uh, the big nod there. Good for you, Lana. I really thought when Rusev left that she was starting to be punished for, for that. But it looks like she's getting a push instead. Which led us to Roman versus Drew. Uh, Roman's starting to use this guillotine. And he is doing really well with it. I don't know if he's training that way or they just showed him that. But, um, yeah. He uh, is becoming a big, big threat now that he can he can uh, put you to sleep on top of all the major strikes that he usually uses. Then we had the Undertaker's final, final farewell, where a, a ton of people come out to bid farewell. The Undertaker, he is officially done. Uh, 
Uh, you know, Undertaker come out says, uh, "Thanks, he's made that walk for thirty years. It's, it's it's time to it's time to let the Undertaker kind of rest in peace." You know, and uh, it's a thirty year run that should have been no more than a three, four, or five. He just took the ball and ran, just ran with it. You know, so farewell, to the Undertaker. Say farewell to us, but I got to talk about Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor, they got through their pure tournament. They continue to do some pure style matches, which is cool. But they have signed some people, and they have brought some people back that are going to make this awesome to be a Ring of Honor fan. Who have they brought back, and who have they signed? Well, it's like this: they've signed EC3, who was kind of doing the dual thing with Impact Wrestling. And and them and then seems from last I heard he's completely done with Impact Wrestling. He got tired of their crap again. Uh, but they got EC3 against the Briscoes, and he took on Jay Briscoe. It ended up being a uh, a DQ win for EC3. But um, if he's going to take on the Briscoes, it would be interesting to see who they pair off with him so that he can pair up and take on a tag team. But either way. All three of them are very, very solid people. EC3 is a guy you're going to have to watch out for going forward. And I could see him potentially being champion of this company very, very soon. Uh, LSG took on Jay Lethal in a pure rules match. Um, It ended up being a split decision. It was actually pretty good. LSG from uh, Coast to Coast is the name of the tag team he was a part of. But... uh, not sure why Jay Lethal is suddenly putting a lot of people over, but Jay Lethal ends up with a split decision win, and LSG look like a million bucks. And I don't have a problem with that. Then we had in the main event, uh, Bateman, versus who is Vincent's kind of partner, more or less. He's not really an underling. But uh, he took on Matt Taven, the former Vincent partner. Matt Taven ends up with the win. They do some crazy hijinks. At one point, Vincent comes down, and Bateman and Vincent are going to take out Matt Taven once and for all. And then the return. I told you there's a return. There's a return of not just any Mike Bennett, but the Mike Bennett, a.k.a. two-thirds, I believe, of of the original kingdom or one of the incarnations of the kingdom. And this... Couldn't happen at a better time. If you tell me that Bateman and Vincent are going to start feuding with Matt Taven and Mike Bennett, sign me up. We're going to watch for 24 hours straight. Sign me up. These are people to watch. I'm telling you, every week, no matter which wrestling, no matter which fighting you turn into, tune into. Each week, there are dozens of reasons to watch, dozens of reasons to get in this. And now, I only have one reason to get out of this because our time is up unfortunately that's all i have to say on strong style thanks for joining us i'm jeremy the impact york i wish i had a clever line to say but all i'm gonna say is deuces gooses and we'll see you next week go watch wrestling watch fighting